podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. The new beyond beckons us to go farther and deeper than you ever thought you could go. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Beyond Squad. We're back with part two of The Way of Collaboration. Part one aired last week. We're back with my guests, Ken Ashby and Gopal Metro, the co-creators of our theme song called Each of Us, written and performed by Ken and produced by Gopal. This is a profound discussion that we get into with both of these gentlemen on their personal stories, their backgrounds. Gopal shares a lot about his experiences growing up in a Hindu-based community his studies of Buddhism and Hinduism and the world's religions. And he does talk about depression and suicidal ideation. So if that subject is a difficult or sensitive one for you, and if it activates something in you, you might want to skip this episode. But Gopal's story has a very happy outcome as he has found his way to music and spirituality, both of which lifted him out of depression. And uh, he's in a very good place. He shares about discovering Gothic rock as as a kid and talks at length about the philosophy behind Gothic rock and finding beauty in the darkness, which I found riveting. And Ken talks about uh, music, the why music is the universal language, and how music is a function of frequency, energy, and vibration, which is actually how life works as well. So let's dive in and pick up where we left off with Gopal and Ken. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this conversation, Gopal. I wanted to really lead us into uh, looking how this process and this experience that the two of you went through and created together really is a metaphor 
for how we create our lives. And it's certainly a metaphor of how I envision the new beyond and what the new, I mean, you are representatives of what I envision that the new beyond is about. You know, it's where we come together in contribution, where we come together. You know, you were talking earlier about trust and how important trust was and respect and responsibility, how bringing those things to the equation really facilitate the thing happening. And what I, what I, uh, saw and what I see is that trust is something. And I think this was true for the two of you. You granted trust. You didn't have to wait for it. Nobody had to prove it. Nobody had to demonstrate what you brought trust to the relationship because you said so, you know, just based on your willingness to give it, needing nothing except. And so, you know, imagine what the world would be like if we live that way, if, if we live the way the two of you are describing a collaborative process is where we bring trust, where we bring respect um, and, you know, what you were just saying, Gopal, about making a space for all of it, the high frequencies, the low frequencies, the high vibration, the low vibration, there is a place for all of it. And all of it is required to make music, isn't it? Yeah. And, it yeah. And how our human condition is, we only want to hear the things we like. Yeah. We only <laughs> want to hear the things we want or the things we agree with. But there's something to be discovered in the various frequencies, right? I would, um, the great inventor, Nikolai Tesla, not the car, but the actually yeah. guy the name was, was named for. Right, right. Nikolai Tesla said, if you want to know, I mean, everyone says music is the universal language, right? Yeah. So. Nikolai Tesla said, if you want to understand the universe, it's all about frequency, energy, and vibration. Yep. Everything is, and that describes music to an absolute, that's why it's the universal language, I believe, that it is that frequency, energy, and vibration that, that compels us. And, and when we listen to music, some vibrations and some frequencies, some energy, attracts us because there's something inside us that resonates. Yeah. We each have our own way of resonating. And <clears throat> some people may like classical. Some people may like country or, or hard rock or, uh, you know, metal or whatever it is. Rap. And it's really the, it's the frequency inside you where you vibrate, where you connect with it. And I think that's, um, that's why music is the universal language. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I, and I speak in terms of consciousness as a frequency, you know, our consciousness yeah. has a res resonates at mm. a particular frequency, what, wherever our mind is, whatever the contents of our consciousness, we're broadcasting at a particular frequency mm. and mm -hmm. we're going to either attract or repel based on that frequency. Right. You know, when I was when I was growing up, my teacher, my spiritual teacher, um, uh, 
called it tuning the radio. (laughs) You just, there there are frequencies out there. It's we're constantly surrounded by these frequencies all the time, all the time, all the time. We're just saturated in it. And in order to experience something, you just tune your radio to that frequency Mm -hmm. and you receive the benefit, the experience Mm -hmm. of, of that tuning. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, uh, you know, that, that stuck with me, you know, as I moved into audio and moved into this realm of music, you know, it, uh, you know, I mean that again, like I practice that every day, like not just with music, but like, you know, like, do I choose to be happy? You know, do I tune the radio to joy? You know, and every day I tune the radio to joy and every once in a while, somebody bumps the, bumps the knob. and. And then you get to adjust. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. That. exactly yeah. that. Your right. your expertise with with producing and engineering is really a metaphor for how you live your life. I mean, all the way around, everything yeah. you've talked about flows into that into that uh, awareness, and that's one of the other elements I think that's so important. We can't we can't make these adjustments. We can't remix or retune unless we become aware mm-hmm. aware yeah. that the possibility which you talk about Judith so much yeah. Yeah. is that the possibility is there to tune to it to to plug into it yep so uh, Gopal I'm curious how did you come to working in the music and technology industries as this as this multi-potentialite yeah, it, mastering, going deep, doing the deep dive, and mastering so many different. I mean, I can't uh, even pronounce some of the things you're into. <laughs> I uh, um, was taught from a very young age, and continue to teach to those who I counsel um, uh, to pursue your passions, to pursue what you love, uh-huh. um, because we're either given one life. And we're born, we're going to die. So you might as well enjoy the middle, <laughs> you know, do what <laughs> yeah. you love in the middle. Yeah. Uh, or we're given many lives, you know, I have no idea, but, but mm-hmm. then why still not do what you love? <laughs> you know, why not take advantage of this life and, and enjoy what you love? So, um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what happens after we die, but I do know that I get to pick what I do today, you know, wow. and, uh, I choose to pursue the things that fascinate me that I, I love. And, um, you know, when I was nine, 10 years old, I discovered Gothic rock and most people don't know what Gothic rock is and what they think it is, is really not at all what it is, <laughs> but, but it's a really <laughs> beautiful, it's a beautiful scene. Um, you know, it's, it's a uh, really melodic music. It's not, you know, most of it is not particularly heavy. Um, it's very poetic, um, you know, like, uh, um, if you want to hear a gothic rock album, listen to the band The Cure, their album Disintegration. And that's a really excellent example of gothic rock. Okay. Um, I will do that. I will yeah, do that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really, um, amazing record. Um, but it's sad. It's sorrowful. It's, it's, um, you know, like one of the, so anyway, uh, uh I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But like, uh, so when I was a kid, I, discovered this music and the first time i heard it i was just entranced 
I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they made music that was me. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that that existed. And so uh, I fell in love with it. And then when I was uh, 16, I got a drum machine for my brother-in-law and I taught myself how to play bass guitar. And uh, when I was 18, I formed a band called Bella Morte, Beautiful Death. And the idea behind it, there were twofold ideas. One was hope in times of darkness, finding hope. Mm. And one was going through hell and coming out smiling and with your peace, Mm. like having your peace. So you Mm. go into those dark, dark, dark places Mm. and you find the beauty that exists in that space. Yes. Uh, You you know, the, the places where most people are afraid of going. Yeah. And instead of being afraid, you really explore them and see what it is, learn about it. Like, what is this? What is this feeling? You know? And so like all these goths, they dress all in black and they've got spikes and they've got, you know, big hair and crazy colors and piercings everywhere. Right. And that's just sort of this, uh, this, this finding the beauty in the dark things, right? Finding the beauty in the things that other people are afraid of and, and really expressing that outwardly. Um, so it's really, um, interesting scene you know it's a really interesting scene and you'll find some of the happiest people you've ever met you'll find some people who are really hurting too of course um but you'll find some like anybody who's been in the scene for a while is generally like a happy person and um that's really profound that's really interesting you know they've processed their stuff they process their darkness and they they are just get to be who they are um you know and uh, so can i interrupt you here for oh, a yeah. second go well yeah i'm just curious as you're relating this what do you think it was in you at age nine when you first felt so, and resonated? What, what do you think it was in you that had that resonate for you? There were a few, there were a few different things. So I grew up in a Hindu based community. Um, and I studied, it was an interfaith community, but there was a lot of Hindu foundation. Um, and, uh, I grew up studying like the Mahabharata and the Ramayana and uh, the Bhagavad Gita uh, and these um, stories, these epic tales of gods, right? There's some brutality in these books. There's some like really intense, like like oh, people yeah. ripping each other in half and right. like beating each other with their bodies and like some really intense stuff, right? And so like I, I had that, but there was also this deep spirituality that was associated with 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 these books. And so like there was this 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 immediately this like contrapoint in me um uh that or you know counterpoint um that um had this like really dark, really like like grim stuff going on and this really bright, really spiritual stuff going on. And um, I I had difficulty um, balancing those two things. Um, Then I was also like hypersensitive as a kid. And like, I would watch those, those commercials of like starving children in Africa that were very popular in the eighties, you know, that were like, like every time you watch the TV, you'd see these like poor children like dying and I would just burst into tears. I would just start crying at their suffering, you know, like how sad that was. And then like, you know, later on, I studied Buddhism really heavily, and that's what Buddhism is all about. You know, life is suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the that's the start. Like you you look and you see all of the pain. All right, what is the cause of suffering? Right, and then you walk down that path. You know, the attachment and the 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 um uh, the fight, the struggle, right between what we want and what we think should be and what actually is, and like you know, there's this whole thing, and then the the cessation of suffering, right, and like walking through that that whole process well that i've done a lot of that in my life you know where where i started out 
really sad, just really sad as a kid. You know, I was, I was really sad. And, um, and then in my teenage years, I was, I was really deeply depressed, you know, and, um, that music lifted me out of that. That music gave me solace, right? Where, where I was like, okay, there are other people who are experiencing the suffering. There are other people who understand what it is that I'm going through and have felt it. And then it took me deeper, you know, and I got to start processing a lot of that stuff. And I, I, you know, depression was, was, um, a challenge that I faced many times over the years, um, like deep depression, suicidal depression, like really intense stuff. And, um, for a number of reasons, there was this piece inside of me that was always like, this is worth experiencing. Mm. This is worth living. This is worth experiencing. Wow. And um, so that always carried me through the darkness. And um, I don't know how we got into this topic. But <laughs> well, well, it doesn't how we matter. Up down this road, but it doesn't matter how we got here. It's fascinating. <laughs> I'm riveted. Keep um, going. I'm riveted. Hi, listeners. I'm interrupting our interview for a minute to tell you about my new six-week online course called The Way of Wisdom, Deepening the Journey in the Second Half of Life, beginning July 12. After navigating the deep waters of my own life for over 80 years, I'm ready to take you with me on a journey to your own deeper waters. As we approach or are well into the second half of life, we realize that the road ahead is much shorter than the road already traveled. And that realization brings up a lot of questions about life in general and our own life in particular. Questions about meaning and purpose, about leaving a legacy, and what really matters now in this second half of life. These are just a few of the questions that invite us into a deeper exploration of that well of wisdom you already have within. So if this calls to you, come on over to my website and learn more about this opportunity. We begin July 12, and there's an early bird discount available until June 12. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And now, back to the show. Uh, you said there was a part of you yeah, that, that even through all of this depression and this sadness, yeah. there's a part of you that that knew what well, I'm sort of rephrasing, paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. There was some part of you that knew something different or knew something more. Yes. Or knew yeah. something beyond all of that. And it just said, keep going, trust Absolutely. the process, trust yeah. the process, keep going. Yes. 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 Now, yes. do you have any idea? Do you have any thoughts or any language around I, I do. Again, like I, I had a, I had a really strong spiritual foundation when I was a kid and, um, uh, you know, like I studied, um, to be a monk when I was a child, um, uh, in the Saraswati lineage, um, of, of Hindu, like a Swami. Um, and, uh, uh, and so like, I, I got this really, like I studied spirituality for most of my life. Um, uh, and, and like, again, I grew up in a place called Yogaville, right? So it's like a town dedicated to yoga, but not just Hinduism, 
which is like, so Hinduism is a religion. Yoga is a practice. Yoga is a philosophy. And yoga is independent of Hinduism. It's independent of, of Judaism. It's independent of religion. It can be its own thing. It stands on its own. But in Yogaville, I studied Hinduism, I studied Judaism, I studied Buddhism, I studied Sikhism, I studied Christianity. You know, I studied all of these spiritual texts growing up. And at the time, there was a lot of talk about what makes these things different from each other, right? And like why Christianity is so different from Buddhism, is so different from Judaism, you know, why, you know, there, there there's this there's this struggle, you know, and you look, when you study these religions, you look at the differences, and that's the important thing. And um, I, I'm sure, you know, I know for a fact now that many other people were doing this, but at the time it didn't, there weren't that many around me. Um, but I did a comparative study of religion. And instead of looking for the differences, I said, what are the similarities amongst all of these faiths? You know, let's, let's draw the correlation and find truth, quote unquote truth. You know, mm-hmm. let's see what is the truth that's consistent across all of these faiths. And, um, you know, there, there, there were a few, core practices that that came up and a few uh, one particularly critical understanding which is um we are all the same mm-hmm. we are all you know some call it children of god some call it um you know the same energy mm-hmm. uh you know some call it light you know but but when you when you boil it down to the essence we are all this energy we are all the same and we have these unique manifestations of this sameness. You know, we have we have unique expressions of it. But when you dissolve us, I mean, like from physics, right? You dissolve any one of us down to our bare parts and we are energy. <laughs> like that's that's what we are. That's what we're made up of. And, uh, um, you know, so having that understanding uh, was really important for me. And for me, you know, I um, – I believe in the universe. That's like my, that's like my, my thing. Um, you know, and, and it's just a name, you know, it's just a name. I'm not like attached to, to the universe, but I believe in it. I believe in something bigger than myself. I believe in something greater than myself. And, uh, um, uh, and I think that knowledge, like the, the faith in something bigger than me, and the faith in my own power, like, so, so here's the thing that something bigger than me is me. <laughs> yes. Right. So that yes. it's not, there's not a separation there. So like, yes. you know, so, so that, that <laughs> knowledge inside of me, you know, is what kept me going forward. Like, like, you know, when it got really bad, especially later in my life, like, um, uh, there was a part of me that was just like, just, just watch the show. <laughs> just, just watch it. Kick back, you know, grab some popcorn, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and it works for me, you know, it worked for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still here and, and honestly, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. Thank you for sharing. All that, Cause I think all of those sensitivities that you spoke of that, is in every move you make, every frequency you add, every fader you shift, every it, all of that sensitivity, and that's what creates something unique. <laughs> you know, I, I had this picture as the two of you were describing your collaboration process, and I, I had this picture of Ken bringing the ingredients 
you know, the, the lyrics, the guitars, the drums, the strings, the percussion, the, and giving it to Gopal. And then Gopal is like the cook. He's who the makes, chef. Bakes a, yeah. He's the chef who turns it into a cake. He puts it all into a bowl. He mixes it. He does his magic. He sprinkles a little of this and a little of that and turns the dial up here and there. And he turns it into a beautiful cake, a beautiful piece of art, uh, a, a wonderful creation. And, you know, this is, this is my, this is my vision. This is my fantasy, really, of how life gets to be. You know, this is why I do the work that I do. Um, and, and this is my vision of, you know, as you know, as I've said before, standing as source of a transformed world. And to me, that, that transformed world is the new beyond. It is that place where human beings come together in harmony, in recognition of the truth that we're all one, that, right? That we're all connected, that we're all the same. So, um, really what you have brought forward is such a perfect demonstration of that vision and that possibility. And I am so excited and thrilled to be playing this piece of music throughout the rest of this podcast, as long as it shall live. <laughs> this shall, this shall be the music that leads us in. Just one last thing. I, I would love to, Kind of pick your brain a little bit, Ken, about the lyrics. If you could kind of just talk about the lyrics. Um, you know, listeners have just heard it just this one time that we played it in the intro. But the lyrics, I think, are so brilliant. And I, I'm so touched and moved. I, I'm I'm brought to tears by both the lyrics and the music, you know, the arrangement and the whole thing. I'm literally brought to tears every time I hear it. Talk about the lyrics a bit. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, every song, what makes a song is two things, a melody and a lyric. That's it. That's what you copyright, a melody and a lyric. And in this case, the lyrics of this song are very positive, mm -hmm. very positive. And the music underneath it is, in some many cases, is a minor feel. So a little bit of a minor feel. So the juxtaposition was important for me. Lyrically, I would say that, that this is my view of life is that, well, I think the, the sort of the core is that we are all creative. We are all creative. And the bridge points this out that, hey, it's not a matter of if you're going to create something. It's, that's not a question. You, it's what you're going to create. We are all creating every minute of every day. And there's no question. And that everyone who's listening to this, we're all creative. Everyone has some creativity in them. And it shows up in different ways for everyone. Uh, accountants can be creative. Well, that maybe that's not a good example, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, in every field, there is a modicum, there is some piece of creativity because that's what we humans have that's separate. We can evolve, adapt, and create something new, create something that's beyond 
where we're sitting right now. And that's the message, really, of the lyrics, isn't it? It is. It that is. Each of us can build. We can teach. I'm, I'm just looking at the We can reach out inside. We can guide. And what we leave, I love this, what we leave is up to each of us. It you know, is. We're here we create, we build, we be, and what we leave behind is up to each of us. That's the line that really gets to me. Well, and I, I was thinking before we got on the podcast, I was or today and yesterday, I was sort of thinking, okay, how did I, where was that? Where was I? I do remember being at a table, at a dining room table, writing this. And I honestly, okay, so I, I've been a songwriter since I was 18. Um, so I had some skills. I had some, you know, I knew the process. But I really, the lyrics come to me. The lyrics and the music comes to you. I, I just feel like I'm the vehicle. And I'm not saying they're divine, but I'm saying they come from someplace where I don't know. One thing comes and you it connects you to something else. So I just encourage everybody. And for me, that's a, that's my soul. That's that's I can't help it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you can't um, not be that. Can't not be that. Yeah, um, you everything can't not I be, see yeah. is a song. Judith and I, we were when we were talking before, have come up with an idea for a song, and I think we get to write that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we get to we get to carry that out. All right. <laughs> um, I see life as a song. I see my life as a song. I see all of us as a song that we are playing in harmony with every other person on this planet. And each with a different expression. So each of us, um, each of us get to recognize and be aware of that and understand that we have a responsibility. Yes. Yes, we do. We, we have a responsibility, uh, as a, as a citizen of the universe, right? As a citizen of the universe, uh, our responsibility is to be true to ourselves to do the work, to discover who we are, to know the truth, and to live as the truth of who we are in alignment with our highest calling, which certainly, you know, just I'm seeing the two of you here. We're on Zoom. Listeners, you're, you're just hearing the audio, but I'm getting to, I'm getting to see their, both of their faces and I'm just experiencing uh, the beauty of the creative process and how grateful I am to the two of you for what you brought to me, to the podcast, to the world and who you are to the world. So I want to thank you both for this beautiful gift, which shall live on in perpetuity as the theme of this podcast. And thank you both for spending time with us. Many blessings to you both. It's it's been an honor, and it's a continual honor, and um, my heart is smiling. Ah, thank and you, thank dude. you, listeners. Oh, thank you, yeah, Gopal. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Just thank you. Yeah. And thank <laughs> also you grateful for joining us. Until next time, many blessings. Hey, Beyond Squad. Before we go, just a quick reminder that the audiobook version of my best-selling book, Beyond the Box, is available on my website, judithrich.com forward slash bookstore. Also in the bookstore are the second edition ebook versions of my book, 
now available in both English and Spanish. And you'll also find my Legacy Audio Meditation series on the website. And lastly, before we go, just a reminder that as a fan of this podcast, you're invited to join our private Facebook group and become part of this community. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can join. I'd also love it if you take a moment to leave a review or shower us with five stars and subscribe or follow so you won't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I'll see you next time here in the new beyond. Many blessings. Blessings.